like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary. Welcome to the inaugural show of Shift Happens. You tuned into a show that's all about mindset and how do we tap into our infinite potential. This is a show about turning up the juiciness factor of your life by about 50 plus notches. So get your seatbelts on because we are going to take you for a ride. I know in every cell of my body, through each and every bone in my body, that there is so much more that we can do to change our lives for the better. And as we each do that, it ripples out on a global level and changes the world. If this excites you, you'll want to stay tuned to Shift Happens. I'm Karen Weary, licensed marriage and family therapist, breakthrough life coach, speaker, and most recently, as of today, radio talk show host. Today, as my guest, I have Dr. Colin Bartow, who's a functional neurological chiropractor. What Dr. Bartow does is so cool. With specific exercises he instructs you to do, he can exactly pinpoint the functionality of each part of the brain. He works a lot with athletes who have had concussions and stroke patients, as well as people who have problems with balance. I actually went to see Dr. Bartow about a month ago or so just to see how my brain is holding up. So more on that a bit later after the break. Now, in my 20-something years of doing the work that I do, which is heal people's emotional wounds, I've come to the conclusion, both from observations of my, my professional life as well as my personal life, that it truly boils down to mindset. It is the lowest common denominator. It determines your physical health, your emotional health, your financial health. It affects the quality of your relationships, what jobs and careers you choose, whether you dare to listen to and tune into what your body is telling you, sometimes even screaming at you, such as telling you to slow down or tune in or don't hang out with that person or Find another job because this one's squeezing all the life and joy out of you. You know, you ever had any of those voices in your head and ignored them and then suffered the consequences? I know I have. So, see, and so this is the thing that happens is that many of us, we, um, instead of tuning in, we, uh, and follow the guidance of our inner wisdom, we make ourselves busier, We have a drink or two or three, or we go to the doctor and have the doctor prescribe some pills, or we go shopping or spend hours on end in front of the TV. Anything to avoid feeling those sad, vulnerable, angry, resentful feelings. And because actually stepping, um, stopping to take a look at what is going on in our lives 
making some changes that would get our lives more and more in alignment with uh, who we really are is scary and exciting all at the same time. And here's the thing is that the scary feelings and the exciting feelings, they feel the same way if you ever stop and notice. So if you ever notice, you know, how your body feels really prickly, you have those butterflies in your stomach, you have ants in your pants. <laughs> well, next time that you are feeling all of that and you are interpreting those body signals as fear, tell yourself self instead that you're excited about getting up and talking to that group of people or whatever it is that you're getting ready to do. Because, and then put a big smile on your face and then notice what happens. What you're doing is that you're starting to tell yourself to interpret your body signals in a different way that's going to be much more beneficial for you. Now, going back to taking a look at all those emotions that don't necessarily feel so good, it actually takes a lot of guts and patience. It's not really like taking a pill and waiting for 30 minutes for for it to go into effect. What it does do, however, on the other hand, is that it allows you to step into your power to develop true mastery of your inner world because in actuality, our inner world is the only world that we have. That is the place and the space from which we live and see everything that's going on and how we interpret what's going on. And doing this then helps you begin to find true peace, purpose, and meaning in your life. Doesn't that sound awesome? If you want to learn more about how to master your inner world, then welcome. You've just found your home. I'm going to be bringing on experts who are coaches, healers, scientists, biohackers, energy workers, chiropractors <laughs> onto the show so that we all can learn how to biohack our way to optimal health. Once we've healed our emotional wounds and we're beginning to learn how to master our emotions and reactions. In fact, rather than reacting, we respond. The difference between the two is that when we react, we've been triggered by something and instantly snap. In reality, it's our little hurt and scared seven-year-old boy or girl inside of us who's acting out. When we respond, we think before we do. We remain calm in our adult state. And generally, we walk away feeling so much better about ourselves when we respond because rather than tearing down and damaging a relationship because you snapped at a person that you really love and care about, you actually listen to your loved one. Extra bonus points if you also pick out the underlying meaning and reflect it back what that, what you heard them say to ensure that you understood what it was that the other person intended to say. So how do we get triggered in the first place? Well, every single time we experience a situation where we're hurt, scared, embarrassed, you name the negative emotion, everything in that moment gets frozen in the brain with the sights, sounds, smells, physical sensations, emotions, and whatever the negative belief is that we feel and that we attach in that moment to that particular situation. 
And that gets frozen in the brain just like that. Now, we normally have many, many incidences, both big and small, that evolve into this whole broad neural network that's built on all of your negative beliefs. And some common ones are, I'm not good enough, it's my fault, or I'm broken. So just to use a specific example, because it's usually a lot easier to um, use a specific example. One is when I was growing up, I grew up with my mother, my father died when I was five, and uh, the only grandparent that I got to know was my maternal grandmother. And we would often go up and visit her. And I was a bookworm, always have been, always will be. And um, so I would often just choose to read my book instead of going down and playing with the other kids. And I heard time and time again, my grandmother pulled my mother aside and she would complain about me saying, why do I not just want to go downstairs and play with the other kids? And my father ruined me and I'm spoiled and this, that and the other. And I could not understand, one, what I was doing that was so awful that she would have to complain to me over and about me over and over again. And second of all, I was thinking my father died when I was five. And not only that, I adored my father. So how could he have possibly ruined me? And what could be so awful about our relationship that made her say those things? So there was that part, that was my experience, but then I also saw my mother, how she, now a grown woman in her 40s, was, you know, still terrified of her own mother, who was at this point in time in her 80s, and so what all happened that my mother at this point is still frozen in her old fears and could not say anything, could not defend me or anything, So the negative beliefs that I took from that was that I'm alone, I'm um, there's something wrong with me, and um, you know that nobody wants to hear me. And how did that affect me later on in my life? It affected me by I really didn't have any confidence, and when you don't have any confidence, you're a lot easier to manipulate because what happens is you're coming really from a mindset of lack and scarcity. Yeah, I would settle in relationships and in careers and and not make the kind of money that I really probably should have been making. And then I would get resentful until I started to push myself and until I started to learn more and do more things to uh, grow. So what were some of the things that I did? Well, I um, learned how to meditate. I learned the power of breath work. I read about epigenetics and quantum physics. I, you know, was in different kinds of therapy. I, and to me, when I, basically I wasn't living full out and that was not good enough for me. So to me, when I learned about epigenetics and quantum physics, it was a way that scientifically proved spirituality to me. And, and rather than having to just believe in things out of faith, it was the science behind it to me from my personal perspective. So I do a lot of things such as staying away from negative people, turning off the negative news, and those types of things. So in order to keep my my positive vibrations higher so that I can be a part of of it being a better place. 
So um, now my vision with this show is to provide all of you who are on the same journey with inspiration, encouragement, tool and tools to be a part of this movement of healing first yourself and then becoming a part of the global healing ripple effect. Now, coming up after this quick break is Dr. Colin Bartow, who not only can he help rehabilitate your brain after a concussion or a stroke or help you if you're having problems with balance, but I've also been talking with him about the possibility of not only preventing the brain from supposed age-related deterioration, but also sharpening our brain power. Now, if you have questions, you can call in and ask questions at this number, which is 866-472-5792. And then we can ask, we can answer your questions um, and Also, if you ever have any questions that you would like to email, you can email me directly at karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. That's K-A-R-I-N-W and then at insightscounselingcenter.com. Then we will get, I will get to that at a later date on another show. And um, that way we can get your input as well. So, Dr. Colin Bartow, we're going to be bringing him on after this break, quick break, and we're going to be talking about what is uh, functional neurology. How can functional neurology, what can functional neurology help with? How is functional neurology different from medical neurology? What does functional neurology care look like? And is functional neurology backed by science? So... Hang on, we're going to have a lot of fun. Dr. Bartow has a lot of really great information to share with us. And tune right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey. Breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening. 
listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. All right, we're back, and thank you for hanging in there during those messages. And we are here with Dr. Colin Bartow. And during the break, we are live on Facebook as well, streaming live. We had a little bit of beginning of a, of a conversation about what is functional neurology. So do you want to recap? Thank you, first yeah. of all, by the way, for it's being on here. It's my pleasure. It's yeah. my pleasure. Um, I, I love to teach and to share, and education is a huge part of what I do. So this is a beautiful opportunity to, to really get this out there. Um, so to give us a, a recap of what we were talking about, functional neurology is a way of assessing and treating the nervous system and the body as a whole, to be honest, by using something called neuroplasticity. Uh, this is a, the ability of the brain to rewire and grow and adapt. And we see this all the time. It's not something that we readily notice until somebody points it out, but uh, for instance, if we look at a kid learning to throw a ball, a little kid, right? They're going to first throw it like straight at the ground. And then after a little bit of time, they start throwing it further and farther. And then they throw it right to their dad as they're trying to catch it, right? So you're seeing the brain adapting and changing to the given input um, and, and using that plasticity. So we can assess the brain through different tests to see how it works. And then we can use directed exercises to cause those systems to get stronger and get better. Uh, and that allows us to rehabilitate after concussion strokes balance disorders, all kinds of just off-the-wall brain-based issues. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love the whole idea of neuroplasticity because, as I was saying before, that, you know, our bodies truly are designed to heal as long as we provide it with, in an, for, with an environment for it to heal. So, um, and when you were explaining this to me first about what you do and how um, the exercises that you do, it, it's actually gives you a clearer picture than an MRI with regards to the functionality of each part of the brain. I thought, wow, that's just Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. Well, there's a, an analogy that I use when I'm explaining to patients or to other people about uh, the importance of imaging. If, uh, if we look at imaging like an MRI or a CT, um, it shows us what is physically present or physically not present. It doesn't show us how the cells are working. So the analogy I use is if we walk into a school and we peek into that window in the door, an MRI would be saying, okay, who's in their seats and who's not? But that doesn't tell you who's paying attention. Um, and so my job as a functional neurology practitioner is to walk in the room and address the students and, hey, Johnny, what did the teacher just say? Sarah, answer these three questions. You know, Marcy, what are you doing over there? And so as we go into the brain and we require it to carry out these tasks, uh, we really get a feel for how the cells are functioning on an individual level and on a group level. Mm. And that gives us a better idea of how to interact with that. Yeah. And that's really super important because that is, I mean, that's obviously the functionality of the brain. And um, it was interesting when I went to see you and we got to play and <laughs> and do the different exercises. And some of the ones where I was having a little trouble, you gave me this one exercise where I had to wave my arm in an in a 
um, shape of an eight, you know, like the abundance or infinity symbol. And then after doing that a couple of times, and then I did the exercise again, and then I had already improved just with that one little tiny exercise. Yeah. And so uh, what, what Karen's talking about is um, we assessed her cerebellum and the cerebellum is part of the brain that deals with coordination. So it coordinates your movements and your, all your activities and all your brain functions. Um, and we found that there was part of the cerebellum that wasn't carrying its weight quite as strongly. And so by giving her a simple, complex movement, um, simple in the fact that it's just moving your hand back and forth, but complex in the sense that it's requiring the brain to coordinate a lot of fine different movements to get this figure eight pattern. Um, and applying that to one side, just the side that needs it, we're able to increase the output of that side of the brain and balance out those findings. Mm. So it seems pretty small and innocuous, but uh, it can be pretty powerful. Yeah, I know. It's fascinating. Absolutely. Um, so what um, what would you say, you mentioned something about what um, neurology, functional neurology can be helpful with. Um, do you want to expand a little bit more on that? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, functional neurology can be applied across the spectrum. I mean, it's, there's so many things that we can work with. Uh, different practitioners will have focuses in different areas. For instance, I like to work a lot with stroke, concussion, balance disorders. These are ones that I have found a, a particular talent with. Um, but I have friends who work with neuropsych. I have friends that work with autism and spectrum disorders. I have friends that do peripheral nerve disorders, peripheral neuropathies, um, and behavioral disorders. I've worked with um, issues like POTS or postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, where Patients changing positions in space causes their heart to race. I've dealt with kids that had brain infections in the past, motor disorders. I mean, it's all over the place. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's really interesting, too, because this type of approach is different than using medications and surgeries, right? And so um, the traditional medical neurology route, there's a lot of beautiful things that they can do. But when you're dealing with things like movement disorders, medications are not ideal for, for some of these. And then concussion, medication is contraindicated. So having an ability to interact with the function gives us another avenue uh, that we can collaborate with that medical community to do more work. Mm. Yeah, and I love when we are able to really um, zero in on something that we can do ourselves rather than something that's done on the outside like medication or surgery because it's so invasive and many times has so many side effects. And absolutely, there are many, many cases and times where those types of uh, interventions are, are beautiful and exactly what is needed. But then, you know, these, these times, these issues, like what you're talking about, where either they're not really getting much help from it or, like you said, counterintuitive, then you know, it's, it's wonderful to have this other option that actually really works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was actually, just before this, I was working with a, um, a gentleman that I know through Chamber of Commerce uh, and he was coming in to, to get checked out and he had a migraine walking in the door. And so mm. we were able to use some of the neurology to assess and figure out that he had some eye movement stuff going on. Um, and we were able to change the muscle tone in the neck through some myofascial release and give him some eye exercises. And he walked out with a zero out of 10 head pain when he walked in with seven out of 10 migraine for four days straight. Oh um, and, and to put this in perspective, he's been taking maximum levels of Excedrin and he's been taking migraine specific medication and nothing was putting a dent in it. And after 30 minutes of work, he was able to have no pain. So yeah. it's, it's a, a very viable option, a very powerful option. 
I'll say, because I can't imagine. I am so fortunate I do not get headaches, but I know migraines are even way worse than migraines. I mean, headaches. Um, and I can't imagine walking around for even an hour, but let alone days when that kind of pain and then having to try to function and do a job and run a business and, and all that. So that was, that must've been just a huge, huge relief for him. Absolutely. I should add migraines to my list because I've been knocking those out of the park lately too. (laughs) (laughs) And that list just get longer and longer, huh? Dr. Barto, miracle worker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so what about with um, stroke victims? What are some of the things that you see with them where you can help so them? Stroke is a, is a fun one. It's something that's dear to my heart. When I was in chiropractic school and I was learning functional neurology, uh, we had an outpatient uh, clinic set up and there was a specific neurology department. And one of the big things that we got to work with in that department was stroke, stroke cases. And through that time, I learned a lot about how stroke affects the body and about how to rehabilitate the brain um, in somebody who has limited motion, has limited ability to feel, has you know these, these significant deficits. Um, so a lot of what we do in functional neurology is very, very similar to what is done traditionally with PT and OT in regards to stroke. We are utilizing these systems and making the patients work to engage these systems that are challenged and that allows this plasticity to take over and it gets stronger and stronger. Um, the difference, the twist that we kind of add to the functional neurology is that we can use neurological coupling, which means I can take an exercise that a patient is doing and I can do it at the same time as a neurological stimulation or two or three other neurological stimulations. And that allows us to increase the output of that exercise and it allows us to link these things together because if we fire two things together they wire together and so we can actually impact the system at a greater level through these exercises um, and everybody's different you know? i mean yeah. i've had patients that had difficulty walking because they couldn't feel and mm-hmm. so we got feeling back in their leg and they're able to walk again uh, mm-hmm. we have patients who have motor activities we've been able to help retrain gait and things like that but everybody's different some recover faster and more some recover less or slower it depends on on how it's presenting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and you know, because otherwise, uh, stroke can otherwise be really difficult to come back from, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. stroke, uh, it can really affect a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding how the brain fits together is really important in how we're going to approach certain things. Because I may do a standard exercise and it may not work. Uh, but if I do a twist on that exercise or if I approach the brain from a different angle, um, it allow me to kind of kickstart that system. Mm. So it, it can be challenging, um, but the biggest thing with stroke is the patients have to be committed and they mm. have to do the work. Um, I tell my patients all the time, I'll support you with all of my heart and everything I know, but if you don't do the work at home, we're probably not going to get as far as you want to go. Yeah, yeah. And that goes back to mindset because, uh, you know, that's where I've heard and seen of people who have come back from, you know, being told that they're never going to be able to walk again and all these horrible uh, um, prognoses. And they just told themselves, no, you know, there is no way that I'm not going to be walking. And next thing you know, with a lot of determination, that determination and willingness to do whatever the exercises are and the work is, they get back to walking and, and come back from whatever it is that they're going through. It's incredible. 
Yeah. And that's, that's like I was saying, it's a big factor and positive mental attitude is something that I definitely want to touch on a little bit more when we have a little bit of time. I know we're about to go to break in a minute, but positive mental attitude changes how your brain functions. Yep. And I think that it's a, it's a very valuable tool to utilize, not only in recovery after a brain injury, but in general, in life, positive yep. mental attitude is huge. Important. Yep. There you go. And this is why we are on Shift Happens, right? Uh, <laughs> hey, what a nice segue. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we are going to go ahead and go to break and uh, listen to a couple of other messages that are coming on. But when we come back with Dr. Barto, we're going to be talking about this uh, mental uh, attitude, what that does for our brain and everything in our healing. And uh, so hang on. We will be right back and we are going to have a lot more fun. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. All right, and we're back. Thanks for hanging on in there. And we were talking about Dr. Colin Bartow, who's a neurological functional chiropractor, in case you're just tuning in, and all about mindset and how that has a huge effect on the healing ability of the brain. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so... Um, just to kind of catch everybody up from the break, we were talking about positive mental attitude and we were talking about um, how that all works. So as a, a functional neurology practitioner, uh, we're trained in, in the, the biomechanics and the biochemistry and all these different things. And so 
if we look at the chemistry and we look at how cells work, um, whenever you activate a cell, a neuron, it's going to become stronger and it's going to create better connections to other cells that it communicates with. And so every time we activate this neuron, it's going to create better connections, more connections, and that pathway, that sequence of neurons becomes stronger and wants to fire more. So if we think and we choose the idea of happiness, better yet, if you can stop for a moment and envision and feel what it feels like to be happy, feel that joy in your heart and you, you cycle through and whatever else is happening, put it on pause and just cycle it through, it actually makes these pathways stronger so it's easier to be happy. If on the other hand, we're focusing on all of the, the day-to-day BS and stuff that's not good and we focus on the, the stress, well, that gets stronger and stronger. So um, I'm always recommending that people take a moment, focus on happiness. It's a choice and it's, it's a practice, right? I have a friend who her tagline is practice happy and it's literally, it's a practice. Work on it and it yeah. becomes easy. <laughs> exactly. And the way I talk with the, the people that I work with about it, it's like, like you talk about the neuropathways and it's like this little pathway that gets deeper and deeper and wider and wider until it becomes the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and, and it's so much harder to get out of the Grand Canyon than the little pathway that's just started. And um, yeah, but it, it's, it's just like a muscle and you're building building muscle in a way in your brain. Well, I like that Grand Canyon analogy. I might keep that one because it's, you kind of want to be in the Grand Canyon if the Grand Canyon is happiness, right? You want it. So it's super hard for things in your day-to-day life to knock you off your happy horse and get you out of that happy Grand Canyon. Uh, But if it's the negative Grand Canyon and it's a challenge, then that's a lot harder. And that's why you've got to do that daily, hourly kind of remind yourself, put a sticker on your wall, whatever it is, to start building steps up and out of that Grand Canyon and, and fill it back in. Yeah, and it, it is so worth it. It's That's mm. what, what my whole intro was about. It's about a practice, and just like you brush your teeth and you go to the dentist twice a year, um, go get your physicals and, and all that, and it, it all helps add into the quality of your life. And that's really, if you don't have quality of life, you know, that's where the juiciness comes. You know, when we're in the happy Grand Canyon, life is pretty darn juicy, right? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, now what about the science and, and uh, what functional neurology care looks like because it's definitely different i've been to a chiropractor before and it was not like visiting you at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely a lot different yeah Um, so we do want to start with the science first and then we'll get into what it looks like sure cool so um to, to kind of give a little bit of a frame of reference for this um my introduction into chiropractic was because of my own low back pain didn't have an injury or anything like that but just had low back pain muscle spasms all kind of problems um chiropractic got me back on my feet and it got me interested in this profession of helping people through a natural means. But I couldn't stop asking why. So I found functional neurology and functional neurology explained why different people were behaving or responding different ways to this care, right? And I very quickly realized that there's a veritable sea of information that is ever expanding and there's almost no way I could possibly keep up with all of it. There's, it's happening so quick and it's picking up speed right now. I know a lot of my colleagues are, are getting published in neurology journals. We have a functional neurology journal ourselves. It's peer reviewed. I mean, it's, it's mm. blowing up. Um, but we take standard science. We work with, you know, institutions out of MIT and uh, Israel and Havana and uh, Harvard and, and 
you know, all these different places, all of these research facilities um, to take their neuroscience, to take their understanding of how the brain works and apply it through a functional neurology lens. And the real difference is we take the same information of, okay, we understand that the brain has this biochemistry, it works this particular way, this area talks to this area, talks to this area. Well, if we look at it from a traditional medical model, we see, hey, you know, we can affect, you know, put a drug in here and it'll affect this chemical pathway. Uh, for us, it says, well, if we activate that part of the brain, we can potentially activate this or that or over here. Um, or if this is too weak, maybe we can go backwards kind of through a different avenue to get to where we want to go. And so everything we do is backed by science. It's backed by, you know, fundamental stuff and then gets bigger and, and more complex. The interesting thing about functional neurology for me and the part that I really like about it a lot is the artistry that goes into it. Mm. Um, in Typical healthcare, we're dealing with a situation where it's like, okay, we have a protocol, we have a diagnosis, we have a treatment option, and it's, you know, we have measurements and that's what it is. With functional neurology, you have to be able to play the subtle instrument that is the brain. So this leads into the interesting nature in which we use functional neurology for treatment. Um, great example. When I was in school, I had a particular individual who had a cerebellar dysfunction. So the, the left side of this individual's cerebellum for coordination, like we talked about earlier, wasn't firing as well as it should. And so he didn't have the ability to coordinate and move the left side of his body as efficiently. Um, we found that for this individual, we could activate that part of the brain, but it was giving us very small outcomes. What we tried, though, is I took him out in the parking lot of our Atlanta facility um, in the summer, beautiful, like 99 degree day. Um, and I was playing catch with him with his left hand using a textured ball. Hmm. So we were incorporating activating coordination of that left cerebellum with texture and heat. We increased the temperature to increase sensation for him. Hmm. And after doing this kind of silly activity, we were able to really kick that part of his brain back into gear and get him on level. Another example is a fun one I had a few months, actually about a year ago now. I had a patient come in with a uh, balance disorder. And for her, it was really difficult to have anything moving past her. So riding in a car, walking, anything moving past her caused her to get really dizzy. Hmm. Well, we got her to the point where I actually took my longboard skateboard out in the street out here. And I had her stand <laughs> on it. And I held her hands. And I ran backwards while she was doing brain exercises riding on this longboard down the center of the street. Wow. Don't worry, there were no cars coming. But, but we were able to use that movement through space with the yeah. brain activities to really bring it together. So it's it's off the walls, but it's however we can activate the brain. Wow. Uh, you really get to play, it sounds like, to me. <laughs> Every day is an experience. It's always fun. <laughs> we didn't do the skateboard exercise when I was there. <laughs> But we did the Frankenstein. (laughs) Frankenstein, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So the one that I really failed miserably at and really didn't get much better at right in that moment was the one where we had to walk and say every other day out loud and say every other day in my head. What part of the brain was that again? Okay, so um, the the test that you're talking about is a dual-task gait. So we will walk a patient, you know, up and back, and we'll see how they're able to move. Do they have any odd movements? Do they have loss of arm swing? Um, and that kind of a thing. And then when we put in a second activity, kind of like chewing gum and walking, but more mm-hmm. complex, like saying every other day of the week out loud or counting backwards from 100 by 3, um, 
these activities require us to engage the frontal lobe system, um, as well as a couple other places, but it really gives us a, a picture of how that frontal system is, is working. And we watch how the patient is able to walk, again, while doing this task. And oftentimes, you'll be able to see patients slow down. Um, their arm swings will drop out. Their, their cognitive processing, their ability to do the task starts to flounder. Um, and so with that, as, as we activate and increase the strength of the, uh, the frontal lobes, we're able to improve their ability to coordinate multiple things at one time. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was really cool and quite shocking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's always fun to see what patients will show up with. Yeah. Um, you're able to get a, a decent picture just by observing somebody and talking to them and seeing kind of where their chief complaint is and, and what else they have going on. But to put people in these situations and these tests, you're able to find out a lot more about their system and things that you might not be expecting will pop up. And you're like, oh, okay, the plot thickens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that also, um, if you don't mind, that brings me into the idea of compensations. Mm-hmm. Um, you mind if we talk about that for just a second? Yeah, no, please. So I oftentimes get people who come in and they're like, hey, I don't know what happened. I just woke up and I was dizzy or I just reached down to pick something up and my back hurt. You know, So it's mm-hmm. always this one moment and then we have this significant situation going on. The reality of life is that you are an accumulation of all the things that have happened to you up until this point in your life. Exactly. And Yes, right? And so yes. you have these compensations in place. You know, maybe you had an ankle that got rolled in the past, and now even though you're able to walk fine, you have this slight shift and a slight tension in the muscle system or in the fascia. Well, that compounds with other things and other things and other things, and it becomes this ever-expanding thing. So I can take somebody who has no symptoms, and I can find things that are going on with them that they're compensating for, and they just don't know. Or I can take somebody who has massive symptoms and find a single little problem. It really depends on that person's, you know, their genetic makeup, their life existence, what they've done. Um, But that really leads a lot to what's going on as far as improving function. Yeah. Yeah. And that was um, so many things of what you do that just totally fascinate me and got me interested and wanted to talk more with you. But that whole part, because I wanted to go into physical therapy a lifetime ago. And uh, and that's the, well, you just mentioned that example. Oh, I just reached down to pick up a pencil. And that's when my back went out. I was like, well, no, that was not that was just the final, you know, the final uh, straw that literally broke the camel's back. Yes. <laughs> but the thing, the same thing happens emotionally. You know, when people they they go on, and, and especially with um, people who are in first responders and whatnot, they see so much, and you know, it's just piled on, piled on, piled on, piled on. And a lot of people have the idea that, oh well, it's what I do, and the more I see, the the stronger I get. But it works the other way around. That's why I've seen first responders, nurses, police officers, whatever, who um, really get to the point where they are um, in this state of they've totally lost all joy in their life, and and that's because they have never unloaded and done the yep. self care. So this is really cool stuff. We are going to have another little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about what does functional care actually look like, and um, and just have some more fun with that. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to Karin W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K A R I N. Now, back to shift happens all right we're back with dr colin bartow neurological uh, functional chiropractor and we are talking about prevention and how do we um you know prevent these things from getting to that place where we're having huge problems because it's so much easier to, to tweak when it's it's just in the very beginnings, and your um, the uh, the methods that you use as you've been describing is able to really uh, tune in and and pinpoint specific things that m- may not have been obvious at all yet. Yeah, and so. Uh- Prevention is really just finding things early, right? So it's, it's mm-hmm. finding things at a small change so that we can make a small correction before it becomes a big issue. Um, and, and as we're talking about this, it's reminding me that there are things that we can all do without having to see a specialist that help contribute to us maintaining a good body, you know, a good brain-body combination, everything going on. Um, you know, it, completely understated is yoga. Um, if you practice yoga regularly, you stay flexible, you work on breathing, you know, there's meditative aspects, there's all kinds of things that will benefit the brain. And having some basic exercises like before physical activity, doing a vestibular warm-up, doing something where you're moving around through space and you're kind of getting things all activated and, and moving, getting the brain fired up, will help to recalibrate your movement so that way you're able to move more accurately. Um, even doing little exercises for the eyes that are non-specific, right? So you're looking up and down, you're focusing on targets, you're moving in different directions. Um, 
these things will kind of keep that system sharp. Now, if you already have underlying issues, if you already have small, small problems going on, those need to be corrected. Uh, but I have patients that I will give lifetime exercises. I'm like, hey, before you go out and you play hockey or before you go play rugby, do these exercises, get the brain warmed up, make sure the eye movements are on point, and that'll prevent bigger issues. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. Kind of warming up the brain as well as the body. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's under, underestimated, you know, another thing where um, people talk about muscle memory, and it's, it's really not muscle memory. It's the brain having patterns in place to carry out telling those muscles to do their job. So we really need to take care of the brain while we're keeping the body agile and mobile. Yeah, yeah. So well, we were going to talk a little bit about also what um, functional neurology care looks like. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the care is, is different for every person. Um, because of the specificity of the work that we do, um, we tend to, you know, there's some overarching things we can do. Like I can do figure eights with anybody, but um, the variations and the actual over, overall look of care can be dramatically different from one patient to another, depending on what parts of the brain need to be activated. Uh, for instance, uh, if I'm taking a stroke patient that has a right-sided brain stroke versus a, somebody who has a balance disorder and they feel like they're spinning to the right, um, I'm going to have very different activities for these individuals, one to activate the right cortex, one to activate the right cerebellum and brainstem. Um, but the easiest way to give somebody an idea of the therapies that we will use is to say that anything you can perceive, sight, sound, touch, taste, smell, you know, your thoughts, your emotions, your activities, I can use any of these, anything that uses your brain, I can use those in a directed manner to rehabilitate specific parts of the brain, as long as we understand what parts of the brain do what job. Right. So it's almost like you're the, um, you're the director in front of the orchestra. You are, you know, conducting, you're conducting the orchestra. And, and it's amazing how each different part of the brain, how, when, how, when it is affected by different things, how it makes you perceive the whole entire world different. Like we, the, some of the examples you brought up with the, the woman with the balance issues and when things would drive, go by her, how that would make her feel dizzy. And it, it's just amazing. Yeah. Well, it's important to understand at a fundamental level, the reality that you experience is merely a perception of your brain of the things around you, right? We're only able to perceive the things that we have receptors for, light, yep. sound, I mean, light only within a certain range. We can't see ultraviolet, we can't see infrared, but there are other creatures that have capabilities to see these things. So our reality is based on what we can perceive. Now, if our receptors are skewed or problematic, it's like if you're watching a movie and the camera has a red filter on it, well, the entire movie is gonna be in red and you're gonna think that's the reality of the movie instead of saying, no, the problem is there's a red lens on this camera, it shouldn't be there. And so, when we look at somebody's brain, the brain will have these underlying perceptions. For instance, where do I perceive that I am in space? Where am I? Am I falling forward? Am I falling backwards? Am I falling to the side, et cetera? So when we did the, the Fukuda step test, the, the Frankenstein step test that you did, right? yeah. and I believe, if I remember correctly, that you kind of went like forward and off to the left, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So if your brain feels 
like you are falling backwards, like you're leaning backwards a little bit, it will engage muscles to pull you back forward. But it does it at such a small level that you actually don't move forward. You're not going to fall over, especially if your eyes are open because that's our dominant balance system. Um, but it will engage these muscles. And if you close your eyes and you disorient yourself a little bit by marching in place, you will start to actually move forward. You will translate forward as you move. Or if you feel like you're twisting to the right, you will overcompensate and twist to the left. And it, it can get more complicated. Yeah. But these basic things are underlying. And when we rely on our eyes to correct and kind of trump all of those things and say, no, 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 this is where we are. Which is why there are a lot of people that when they close their eyes, they fall or they become unstable. Or they get worried about their stability because the rest of their systems aren't talking the right language. Yep. Yeah. So are there certain things that cause that like for example nutrition and i know there's um i've been reading a lot about uh, like gluten and sugar is for sure like a toxin to every part of the body and no less the brain um so what about that do you talk about nutrition when you work with people yeah uh definitely Uh, nutrition is a part of what we do um if it gets complex and we're talking about detailed biochemistry i collaborate with a couple other physicians on this um, because it is a, it's its own whole world and it's something that I'm a little bit into, but not completely. Mm-hmm. But the idea of, of food, diet, biochemistry, um, these can have very broad reaching findings. Um, overconsumption of sugar, uh, and consumption of sugar in general is, is not so great, but yeah. um, gluten and other things like that, they'll create systemic changes. And what you'll see in the brain is that if we have a weakened area, that will tend to show up more and more readily uh, when it's kind of pouring gasoline on the fire, if you will. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we're looking specifically at the neuro, then we're looking at um, there can be injuries, there can be predisposing things, uh, genetic predispositions that say, hey, this particular area is going to be a little weak because this protein is malformed or something mm. like that. Um, but yeah, everybody is, is different in that. Yeah. Wow. It's just fascinating, all the things that, you know, and, and to be able to really... It's like you're opening up the brain and taking a peek in there. <laughs> and, and I there are, lifting the hood and taking a look at the engine. Right, exactly. And, and that's kind of what I feel like I do too when I work with people using the modality that I do. I get to open up the brain and see how everybody is processing the things that they've been through in a completely different way. Some process visually, some people process, you know, cognitively, some people process with physical emotions that they, physical sensations in their bodies and it travels through their bodies. Just fascinating to, you know, just help flush literally these things out and, um, you know, get to change the neuroplasticity because that's that's what I do too when I work with people is it's speeding up changing the neuroplasticity by cutting all the the connections to the all the negative stuff so that we can get connected to the positive and we can move into and start digging that happy Grand Canyon (laughs) yeah that's the of collaborating between different practitioners absolutely and and I always come from this holistic viewpoint because we it's it's you can't separate one thing from the other it's it's all one system and it's all communicating with each other so the more that we work together and i love how you recommend you know yoga and acupuncture and all these other things mental health so 
Anyway, I cannot believe that we are at the end of this first show of Shift Happens. Dr. Carlin Bartow, it was such a pleasure to have you on here. This was fascinating. and um, But the conversation does not have to end here. You can email me. We can continue to communicate on Facebook. And we will be back next week with Dr. Manisha White, who will be talking about creating balance in your life. So, Dr. Colin Bartow, thank you again so much for being here. It was absolutely fascinating. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.